With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Y Whales. So I know where most of you are, it's in Palm Beach. And I'm just so thrilled because for the first time in really since the inception of what Y Whales was supposed to be and is now kind of evolved into, we're at our first conference. And I've got Jessica with me, and it's the first time we've met in person. But I've had this, this feeling that keeps happening when I meet people, and there's, there's a hundred of us from around the world. And you see the face, and you go, I recognize the face, but then there's suddenly there's a whole bunch more because we're suddenly not on Zoom. Has it just been like a really surreal feeling for you as well to meet all these people that we've known for a year, but never actually physically been in a room with? It's almost like going from 2D to 3D, <laughs> or Web 2 to Web 3. <laughs> It really, I mean, again, like the logistics are so hard. And, you know, when we think about, I mean, from all around the world, I mean, people spent 30 hours on a plane to get here and that's just not feasible. And so really it's, it's the first time of me trying to really understand like what the metaverse can and should be. And the metaverse, you know, like right now everyone's talking about games and this, and there's little squares of green, green land that costs, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars of which there's nothing to do there. And I'm suddenly realizing you know, the value of being able to connect with people, you know, via Discord or chat or, you know, WhatsApp or, or Zoom really does have a hard limit because it's like you turn it on and you turn it off and you miss those kind of interactions of the people that are watching, the people that are nearby that are hearing us talk. And so I, I really, as we're at this, this conference right now and I'm looking at everything that they're pushing, I'm going, we are so early. It is so early in what Web3 can and should be, which is the connection of people, you know, irregardless of where they are on the planet. I couldn't agree with you more. It is early. And it's been, it's an interesting time too, to be at a very big conference that's been planned for a very long time and really look forward to. And then there've been some bumps recently. <laughs> bumps in the road, a couple fairly significant events, but it's interesting to, it's juxtaposed that with, uh, with all of the, the folks who still have come here together. Yeah, you know, and, and we'll, we'll go ahead and dive right into the bumps on the road. I mean, that's the talk of the conferences, you know, literally hours, you know, before uh, permission was started. I mean, Terra and UST had their meltdown, you know, and, and we're really now seeing the end of, I think, Algo stable coins, because I don't know, you know, we saw uh, UST and Luna go down. Uh, we're seeing Phantom have issues now. And, and so, um, you know, while everyone's been blaming Tether is going to be the end of, of Web3, you know, Tether still is, is held strong. I think they kind of came off their peg by maybe about a penny um, during a recent attack I saw last night. But, you know, that's that's a very different different process than, than these algos. It, I agree with you. It's certainly been the talk of the conference. Yeah. And will it be the end of stablecoins? Algo stablecoins. Algo stablecoins. I agree. Okay. I do you, agree. So, so for the people that that you know maybe haven't um, don't understand what an algorithm stablecoin is, do you do you want to take an attempt at this? <laughs> there are just so many pieces and smart contracts and technical ways that. 
actually keep it functioning and and, and yeah. connected to it. It's hard, and to be honest with you, I have not done or looked into the root cause analyses yet yeah. to understand, hey, wait, and I actually plan to do that. I mean, I, I would like to spend a little bit of time just for educational purposes yeah. of looking at the RCA, the root cause analysis, yep. where did, what tripped it into the, the spiral, if you will, right? Because there there were a lot of pieces yeah. that, that when from a from a computer science perspective if you looked through how does this work it made sense yep but you you know you mentioned you were scared of it and I, we never were able to fully commit to it either i felt that I, there was numerous people in our community that were like, mm -hmm. I'll go stable coins of the future. And I said, please explain it to me. And you know, there was, I, I can say there was like hour long sessions in depth about how these things worked. And I'm a very simplistic person. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a computer science major like, like some of you. <laughs> and so I literally looked at this and go, I, I understand the concept, I understand the rationale, but what I don't understand, what the parts that I don't understand, let's go ahead and I can pull back because I do understand the blockchain. I do understand how smart contracts work. And quite simply, like there's the, the possibilities for failures on these smart contracts is still very real. I mean, even with as early as we are in Web3 and blockchain technology, like things go down. And so, you know, like, let's take Web 2. I mean, Amazon S3 goes down all the time. Azure goes down all the time. There's issues with various, those are solid, you know, multi-billion dollar companies. Um, and so when you take something as complicated as these algo smart contracts, I just looked at it and said, it's if it's a one-to-one -one representation of a dollar, but I can go over to Circle and they're doing it a very simplistic way where I know there's this, what, what's the benefit here? And I understand a lot of people want for the these uh, you know APYs, like you can get a solid 20 plus percent and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I, it just, to me, it was like, I I just said no. And, and listen, there's been plenty of, I've been wrecked on plenty of projects, so I can't claim I'm a genius. <laughs> I just simply, this was one that, that I couldn't say that I could understand the value of making something of a, you have this here on one side, you have this on the other side, it's essentially a bridge. That makes sense to me. Having 17 smart contracts having to work in harmony across all these different chains, we, well, I mean, we saw the, the end result. We did see the end result. A, diff a different way in which we evaluated it, and, and, I, and, I, and we didn't choose to not do it for the same reason. Uh, when, when, when we were evaluating it, my husband and I looking at, hey, do we want it, how much of our you know, liquid do we want to put in yeah. this? I was looking at it from the perspective of, hey, should we consider taking some of what we have in fairly low risk, very stable, sits there, doesn't earn a lot of interest, bond type, you know, yeah. that percentage of your portfolio, should we consider putting that in these 20% APY yeah. stablecoin pools? And where I couldn't get comfortable was the risk versus reward. It seemed like for something that was supposed to be stable, a really good reward, the 20%. Yeah. I couldn't get comfortable that it was really low risk enough for, so I, which is interesting, right? I couldn't yeah. get comfortable that it was low risk enough to take that part of our savings yeah. and to, and, and then, so I, I kept looking at it and saying, I actually think the risk is higher, and then if the risk is higher, 
and it's only 20% APY and there are other blockchain related investments where there would, you know, I felt that maybe it was a similar risk, but a much higher potential return. And that's, that was really our evaluation. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's be clear. I think that you and I come across or come, come about, you know, Web3 in a very, you know, different perspective, you know, a little bit from each other, but also when you take a step back, we're very different from the market. Like I look at these projects and I evaluate them not on, uh, you know, where, where's the coin going to go? Cause we do this podcast all the time and I've never once asked any project founder, like, where's your coin going to go? Like I, that's, that's irrelevant. What's the technology? Is it sound? What's the future use case and, and what's your team? And that's really the end of it. And to be clear, I was super excited because Do Kwan was supposed to come on the podcast in a couple weeks after permissionless and he's canceled his appearances here. Um, he did he did an in-person speaking event for, for YPO, literally. I think it was probably his last his last public appearance before this crash. And, you know, the, the repercussions of what's now falling out in the Web3 industry is, is really heartbreaking. And, you know, could it have been avoided? I, I don't know. I mean, clearly there was, you know, a little bit of uh, a lot of FOMO. People were moving themselves into chains like, uh, you know, Terra and Phantom, which are, again, these are new level ones. It's new technology. There's, there's nothing stable here um, but but really this last crash caused a, a number of cascading effects around the industry that's going to take a minute to recover um, number one I, I I think that proof of stake is is got some a little bit more work to do um, you know we, we saw that regardless of what anyone feel what everyone's feeling was um, proof of work stood up did just fine during the crash everything worked nothing happened and all the issues and all the problems mm-hmm. really were on the were on these the, the proof of state not, stake networks Agreed. And I was thinking about our our last podcast, uh, where we were were chatting with uh, some 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 big heavies, yeah. right? And, yeah. Uh, uh, in the blockchain space, and and I was thinking about our API discussion. Yeah. And about how that that discussion around, hey, what do you think about those? And everyone was like, oh, it's a problem, right? And so it is a problem. It yeah. All, and, and by the way, API is just where things connect. Yeah. And so when you were talking about these stable coins and you were talking about there being all these many different smart contracts, those are all just connection points. Yeah. Not so different from the way that an API might work. And and I, there is, just from a from a architecture yeah. perspective, from a tech fundamentals perspective, yep. th- it is not mature. And these connections are often the weak links. And so I guess I would... I would encourage, and that, you know, anybody that's looking into it, to to ask those questions. Yep. Hey, how many links are there here? How many different? And you don't even have to like understand APIs or understand smart contracts particularly, yeah. but just how many different pieces have to be connected for this to work, this project to work, how many different smart contracts might be involved, and, and just think of that as one more risk to evaluate. Well, and I, I think there's a little bit that we can also throw into this, and I, I always hate to use this word, but I think there was a little bit of an ego issue that, that happened here, because when when we talk about blockchain, everyone's like, oh, transparency and open and everything else, but but the reality is that I don't care what your company is, I don't care what your thesis is, like there has to be you know corporate secrets. You have to have a centralized team that at the end of the day is, is still monitoring this if you're going to be evolving the way that that Terra and Luna and everything else was evolving. Bitcoin can be 100% open source and absolutely nothing to it because it's it's locked down. It's proof of work. Nothing's going to change. You can evolve it a little bit and do a couple forks. But for the most part, like 
it's it's it is what it is you know with what luna was doing and you know there was public tweets that were announcing roadmaps that what as we know now kind of uh revealed a, a few weak points in 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 their roadmap meaning like we have to do a b c and d to get to x y and z and you know all that it took was for people to know okay here's c if d and e are this then we can hit now, and we actually saw this game plan is now rolling out, and people now under, now understand how to attack um, these stable coins because they can push and pull, you know, liquidity in and out faster than the blockchain can react. And then all it takes is a slight depeg, and the market does the rest. Everyone goes to rush to pull out. You can't burn fast enough. The blockchain isn't quick enough. It's it's just it didn't work. I think we call that a death spiral. <laughs> Sadly, but I, I think that might be the technical yeah, term. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so let's pivot. And I, I've heard a few really, you know, sad stories. There was, you know, there's multiple startups, there's multiple people that believed, really believed, and I, I, I you know, it's one of those things, and and they had a lot or most, if not all, of their net worth in in UST, believing that that was a stable representation of this. Um, and the one thing I'll, I never give trading advice. You'll never hear me say buy this or that. The only thing I say consistently is never use margin. There's no reason in this in this type of environment to ever get ahead of yourselves in this. And that's the people that are really in bad shapes. And there's startups that we're, we're hearing from. Newly funded, bright new, brand new teams, amazing ideas that would have brought value to this ecosystem. They're done. They're gone. Their, their treasury wiped out and, and, and they owe money. I, 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 could, I, I agree with you on this too. Uh, we have a, uh, as you know, someone in our community who is a former options trader and just one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. And it reminds me of when I was learning how to play poker. Mm -hmm. And and I, I learned enough to realize that I can't do the math in my head. I'm not smart enough no. to actually be no. like amazing at this game. I, I can't crunch these numbers in my head fast enough. And I feel a little bit that way about options, about margin. I'm not sure I'm smart enough to take those kind of bets. I think that yeah. I'm better off, at least for me personally, and we, you know, again, no investment advice here no, whatsoever. No, please, if but, anyone's listening yeah. to me on investment advice, <laughs> no, you, you. No investment <laughs> advice. But for me personally, I, I have to think, the only way I, I feel like where I have any edge or I can be successful is to to think what will, what is a good long-term bet? Yeah. What do I think still has staying power in X period of time because I, I am not smart enough to figure out what things are going to do in a near-term horizon. Yeah, you know, I, I think, let's be clear, I, I, I am, for anyone that lost money in this or anyone that, that's that's had risk, that's been exposed and is feeling uncomfortable, this is a terrible thing. Um, but but for the overall Web3 like ecosystem and the asset class, this this is the shedding of, of a technology that just I don't think will come back and I would, you know, I didn't trust them before and I don't think anyone's going to trust them further, so we can just move on from this. And a stable coin should be a very simplistic, boring thing. Um, I think we're most likely to see, you know, the, the government step up with the CDBC, um, mm -hmm. which people can say is good or bad or whatever the case is. But the reality is that I, I believe having a stable currency is what got us the first, you know, this massive bull bull market. Um, and right now we're seeing a little bit of a bear uh, for a variety of reasons. I'm not going to blame this because we're already in the bear market when this hit. But I think that, you know, having a true stable coin that people can trust to jump in and out of without having to go back to fiat, because that's what happened, is 
right. suddenly everyone goes, I don't know what to trust. And that was really the, the first hours of like seeing that DPEG of why is it DPEGged? What happened? Is Tether next? Is USDC next? What's Where's DAI going? Oh my God, there's, I mean, the flood that was flowing around. And so the exchanges were melting down as people just extracted. I think in the, the first 24 hours of that DPEG, there was, you know, $300 billion removed from the total market cap of cryptocurrencies. I mean, that's a huge amount of volume. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And so, you know, now I think it's it'll be interesting to see, you know, what gets rebuilt in its place. Like every time you hear about like, you know, wildfires need to happen for the forest to regrow. And so I think what we're going to have is a little bit more of a disciplined, you know, disciplined group looking at my stable coin, you know, probably isn't going to earn 20% by magically appearing money. But most likely, you know, it's it's just a way to say, I, I want to be risk off. And I think that's what really it should be. Uh, yes, and and I think what else is going to happen here yeah. is we are going to see it, and who is agile and who is not. Yep. Right. As we see any new big new emerging technology and waves of technology happen, it's it's adapt or die. Yeah. And it and it doesn't it, it it's not a constant evolution, a constant innovation needed. Yep. There are these big events that happen. And how do you pivot? Yeah. Who can adapt and who is in a situation where they can't turn that ship fast enough from, from where they are and what they built? And, and I think we're seeing a little bit of, of the, you know, I, I believe very much in centralized leadership. I mean, that's, that's we're, we're YPO, we're, we're CEOs, that's what we do. So I believe in you have to have a, a voice driving the ship. Otherwise, it's, it's, there's a lot of noise that may have valid reasonings, but there's not a lot of, you know, logic behind being able to see the full picture. But I think we're seeing some of these decentralized teams being, you know, in crises, unable to make decisions, you know, asking for votes and getting just chaos back and then they're 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 diving around and so I think that again I, I fully believe in DAOs you know what you know our roadmap and what we're doing and, and how much I believe in the technology and web3 so that's not shaken blockchain blockchain did stand up the amount of success that we've seen in and around the industry is, is massive like you know proof of work stood up just fine no issues no problems not not a single issue or error there um, most of the other chains absolutely stayed strong I think Solana had a seven-hour reboot um, again, but they're, they're still early. They're 18 months in there, and I, everyone likes to say, oh my gosh, they're almost over and done. Not a single transaction lost, no, no, nothing else. And again, it's a very centralized team working this. So I think what we're seeing is a little bit of a difference of the rush to decentralization is maybe having a, a little bit of an effect on some of these projects where they're just, they're getting stuck and unable to kind of make what's the best decision versus what's the, what's the popular decision. And is it really all decentralized, right? I mean, that's a controversial thing to oh, say. Oh, well, we're going to go there. But um, <laughs> it's not. It, there have been so many articles written on this. I don't want to try to, you know, repeat or quote yeah. or et cetera. But it, when it comes down to it, there are a, a lot fewer players than I think many who really believe in decentralization would say. Yeah. Um, there are fewer people who actually control the largest amount of assets, who then are running nodes, who then have the approval. I, I mean, there, there is, le when you get into the actual numbers of it versus the yeah. governance of it, and then you tie the, if by governance you mean running nodes, and <laughs> it, it is perhaps a bit less decentralized than 
one might be led to believe and, from the from the underlying technology. And, and I think that's the problem is if you're if you're going to have these centralized points of you know whatever it is like just be public about it be proud of it I mean th these should be teams that should be known they you should be proud of who who you're investing in you know who's behind this um, and so we may see again Doquan was a very public figure um, but I think we've seen you know kind of a lot of the anons really getting um, uh, attacked in the industry for a variety of reasons and I don't I don't know you know again I'm never gonna tell someone they're they're wrong for not wanting to be known I, I choose to be known because that's what I do um, but I see a lot of the benefits for people wanting to stay anonymous in this industry because you know I get a lot of you know really angry emails about random things that I have no idea about um, so so I think we're gonna see a lot of again the wildfires hit We've had a, another crash, and so now what's going to take its place? And each time we've seen the uh, uh, whatever level of bull run be pushed by some new thing, NFTs, DAOs, mm. you know, and, and clearly, you know, there there may be a rise of a very good stablecoin or something else to, to come in its place that does have, you know, some level of like, okay, I can finally take my money back out. You know, the $300 billion that rushed out of the market feels is ready to come back in into a, a different, slightly different environment. Sure, and it's going to be interesting to see what role regulation plays in that environment. Unfortunately, yeah. news like this and systems that were touted to work, yep. and when you're trying to get regulators comfortable with new systems, comfortable with things working, and when they don't work, and there are bad headlines, and people lose a lot of money, then, unfortunately, regulators see that as a negative yep. and as something that they need to step in and think about enforcing. And, yep. and look, our country, uh, we're here in the U.S. today, and we're both U.S. citizens. Our country takes yep. a long time to implement new policy, so I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Yep. But I, I can share the folks that I've been paying attention to and listening to their statements and reading who's... Who's, who's working on Web3 technology yep. in the Senate, in the House, what are they saying? It's, it's, it's shifted to a more autocratic yep. uh, thought process. You know, one of the, um, and it's in regulation we always know is gonna come. This is gonna push it a little bit, I think in the firmer direction. And again, I, I, I'm not gonna argue too heavily against you know heavily regulated stable coins. Um, you know we're not is, stay away from Bitcoin, stay away from a lot of these things. But you know if you want to say like if you're gonna if you're going to advertise and market that you're a stable coin, <clears throat> I, I, I'm not gonna you know we'll see what the regulation is. I'm sure I'll disagree with large parts of it because they'll throw in lots of things. Um, but you know I think that one one representation of a of you know a, a fiat. To a, a digital currency, you know, should be something a little less, you know, flamboyant and, and uh, risque than that. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd also like to point out there was a few kind of real like issues that came up that I talking to a lot of our members and people around the conference um, because when they did believe, okay, I'm going risk off. Like there's people that flew in, not just not just white whalers, but people flew in from all around the world to be here. And you know, I had a number of conversations with people that you know they left home. You know, if you're coming from Australia, you're coming from Asia. Like wow. you're not flying straight here. So a lot of them left, you know, and said, okay, I'm going to go. If I'm going to the states, I'm going to spend. A, I'll get there a week early. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to travel and everything else. And the one thing you hear constantly is like, you know, leave your ledger at home, leave it in a safe place, don't don't travel with your things. And so there was numerous people I talked to, they're here in the States, they, they have no access right. to their wallets. And and so they, they can see very clearly where they're at, 
But, you know, they were on a plane at the time when, when it was depegging going down. And, you know, the flight back is 30 hours right. if they need to get back home to do this. And there's, you know, so, it's, you know, these things are locked away in safes. And so I think, again, you know, the there's so many. We're so early. And I, I can continue to say how early we are, we are because the thought of, like, I have identified an issue with my portfolio but I can do absolutely nothing about it because it's in a safe at home where no one knows how to access it or anything to do with it. And so it's, it's, these are the problems that have to be worked out. Like, what's the emergency access? You don't ever want to say there's emergency access into your ledger, but you know, the fact that you don't, you're not carrying one or for good reason, um, you know, I didn't bring one here to the, to the conference, but you know, also if USDC goes down, I'm going to have the same problem. So, so it's, it's an interesting thought of like, how does, people in this industry going to manage their portfolios from here. And that is technology that I, I know you and I are both yeah. following some projects that we hope will help make some progress toward yeah. resolving some of this. It, it, that's technology that, that is driven by a real need, right? Yeah. A, a need to fill the void. We, we, we are going to, and look, there's so far to go yeah. for mainstream adoption of some of this. 99% of people would never touch a ledger. I mean, I, I love it's my ledger, really they're, they're great. It's, it's, you know, it's the it's the 14K modem of, of Web3. I mean, it's like, it gets the job done, but it's not a great experience and, and no one really enjoys it. And, you know, so what, we were at the, the conference yesterday and I, I saw Ledger and they're there and they're touting all their new, their new, little, their new little flash drives. Um, and I'm just going after, because we just signed up for Fireblocks. And, you know, once you kind of see that system and what they have built in there. Now, keep in mind, Fireblocks is $60,000 per year at the lowest level. But when you get in there from, from an institutional perspective and you see how they manage cryptocurrencies, you're like, okay, this is it. Um, this, this is the way to do it. And you know, Gnosis wallets, I, again, not anything on that team, I, I don't know anyone that's had a good experience with kind of that level. So I think there's an evolution of multi-sig. I think there's an evolution of, you know, that we're going to see that banks will eventually get into this where, you know, you there's a shared private key amongst, you know, you have to have multiple signers because um, that would work for most people to say like, hey, if it's under X amount, move it this much over X amount of hours. Um, if it's over this amount, then we have to have, you know, two, two signatures at the time. And so I really do believe what Firebox is doing is the evolution, but that technology has to come down to free. Like it can't be, you know, even six thousand right. dollars a year. Like no, you can go open a bank it's account. Expensive yeah, right you now. can you can go open a bank account anywhere and, and have access to a very basic level of security that I walk my money in. I can walk back in and get it if I need it if my debit card doesn't work. Um, and and so you know I think that Fireblocks and some of these other ones, like to me, that's the biggest thing. Like, what's the wallet going to be until we have a true wallet? And, and I don't think a wallet's a hardware device. I don't think a wallet is, is even a, a single piece of software. I think, you know, what Marshall and, and Proton's doing is a very interesting perspective to say a level one is just a wallet. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's where Marshall's planning, but I, that's, the way I, that's the way I use his chain is just quite simply as a wallet. Well, it's the best user experience wallet that I've used. Yeah. And, and we've got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, we have to think about user experience again, to get any type of mainstream adoption because we're heading there. Yeah. And, right, uh, and, and, and I, you know, I wonder, uh, it was interesting the, here at the conference, uh, Coinbase is the headline sponsor. Um, they had uh, a large opening session with their um, head of product. And most 
people that I know who are making their first foray into cryptocurrency do mention Coinbase. They do get started in Coinbase. Yep. They don't. They even potentially think about Coinbase as a wallet. So it's going to be interesting to see. It will a very large incumbent that is very well resourced yep. solve this better, or will we see someone who understands the problem and is closest? Uh, to trying to solve the problem, not for a bunch of other crypto nerds, but for grandma and, you know, my brother's cousin's uncle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, and, and it's really, it, I, the Coinbase example is a good one. And, and I don't want to knock anyone in Coinbase because I know how hard they work. And as full disclosure, I do invest in them in, in the stock market. So, you know, it, it's there. But I, I don't love Coinbase. I, I don't use it anymore. Um, I've retracted quite a, quite a bit from it, um, just because I. It's not that I don't believe that they have a very amazing team. I just feel like the they've they're losing touch with actually what crypto is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a centralized. You know, everything lives in your ecosystem, which is what they do. Um, but you know, the amount of members that we have that are like, I'm locked out. Did nothing. I got locked out for for three months. I did absolutely nothing, um, and so I think that that's you know, one of those things that it doesn't take much for someone who's entering a new asset class and saying, mm -hmm. "Here's my first foray," and and any bad experience is enough for people to say, "Yep, I tried it. I'm done," and then they walk away. And so I I, I just. The, the one theme I think I can say of this conference is we're so early. Anyone that believes that within the next 12 yeah. to 18 months, crypto and, and blockchain is going to be like mainstream, um, it will. Not in the next, I don't, I don't think we're even close. I don't think we're close either. So the question is, what are the Trojan horse technologies, yeah. right? What is going to get people interested and what are, what are you know, what is the utility yep. that gets, because it's, it's something that solves enough of an everyday pain point or desire yep. that enough people bother to do it, yeah. right? I and. No, and, and I stood around, you know, last night at one of our events and, you know, a, a group full of, you know, probably 20 VCs mm -hmm. and we're all talking about, you know, this, the, 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 the markets that we're playing and everything we're doing in cryptocurrencies. And I just said to everyone, I said, in your normal lives, are you guys day traders in the stock market? And they said, no. Right. And I said, then why do we do this in cryptocurrencies? And right. they go, we don't know. And I think that that's the difference is right now. And I've said this, you know, so many times. Most of what occurs in, in the cryptocurrency market is the equivalent of, of uh, people rushing into you know Walgreens and looking at all the gift cards and going, this one's shiny, this one's blue, this one's got this. Oh, my friend told me that this is a great one to have, and they're buying these things for over the the dollar value, and they're they're trading with their friends. But if you actually ask them, like, what does this this gift card do? They go, what do you mean? It's a coin. It goes up. No, that's not what it does. It actually, this is a, you know, this is fuel for this for this blockchain, and this is how it works. And you can run nodes on it. And you can do this. Yeah, I don't know how to do any of that, but but I own it, and I'm invested in it. And so I think that there's really going to be a dynamic shift that's going to happen right now because there was the explosion of level ones. I mean, explosion of level ones. Yes. Like, I mean, I, I can count, you know, ten people I know that are like, I'm running this level one, I'm doing this level one, and and I, I've invested in a couple new level ones. Um, and I think you're going to really, you know, this is going to really cool the market on how many level ones we need right now that are that are forks, maybe in, in that capacity. It depends on, I don't know if I agree with you there. Good, please. <laughs> I, I, I'm never, I don't believe I'm right, so please argue with I me. I think it depends on 
right now, it, well, so is it the level, how many level ones and how many projects are gonna build on existing chains yep. versus saying, I'm going to be you know, my own business, yeah. my own project, and I'm going to build my own chain that is you know, based on this underlying framework, yeah. but it's going to be my own chain, and the way that I'm gonna finance it is by issuing my own token. Yep. And um, I think it's, from the standpoint, it, it does change startup, entrepreneurship, VC investing, I think fundamentally forever. I think as we see this shift continue to occur, right now it's really still only tech companies. Yeah. But what happens when someone says, hey, I'm starting whatever product company, and the way that I'm gonna finance it is by selling you know, no, no. my token yeah. on, you know, and on either this side chain or, and, and what's interesting for the investors, I've done some, curious, so I've done some early stage investing, can't see any guilt, money that way. Guilt, guilty as well. I, <laughs> I, I, honestly, like I, my returns, I cannot, certainly cannot brag about any returns <laughs> I've made in my real estate. Some of those, here's the thing, some of those companies are doing okay, but I'm so long from seeing a return from an exit, my money is locked up for, yeah. you know, might as well just said goodbye to it. And what's interesting about investing in early stage projects is you can decide at any point in time Hey, I'm actually going to pull out of this one. I don't believe in what they're doing any longer. And I and I absolutely do believe you're right on that. I mean, so the the idea of being able to tokenize ownership is is huge and massive. Um, the education of people to understand what's a coin, what's a token, what's a project, what's a what's oh, a yes. what's a what's a thing is is the thing that's going to take a little bit of time in this industry. Um, but I, I do believe that number one, I, I believe in chain agnostics. Like anyone that believes that there's going to be one chain that rules them all, I don't believe it, and I'm I'm happy to have that conversation and the. Maxis will absolutely be sending me tweets about you know oh, uh, with, about, about long white papers. Yeah, I know I know exactly what words trigger them, and and we'll have conversations about that later. But you know, I, I look at you know Burst IQ. I don't know you probably haven't watched the podcast, but um, Burst IQ is a perfect example of they have to be on their own level one. Ethereum will never work for what they do. There's nothing else that exists. They needed multiple levels of security built into their blockchain, and because they're dealing with HIPAA requirements and everything else, and so you know you could go on a side chain and do all this other stuff, but to be compliant, and that's the problem, is if you actually say, I wanna make a product that's compliant with current laws, you don't get to say, I made this thing, it's really cool, here's how it works, you know, SEC, like, sorry, you, your laws are ancient, it's not gonna work for us. You gotta kinda of start with the archaic thing and just work forward and know that it's gonna evolve over time. So I, I entirely agree that you know there's going to be a lot of innovation, but what I think I was trying to say is the I made a new chain just to make a new chain, and it's the same as the other chain I just forked it off. You know we may see a little bit less of that. We may see a little bit less of that. Yeah, we I may. I, and I hope that you know again the the ones that are 90% marketing, 10% tech, you know come come down a little bit. And I'm not I'm not going to name names there, um, but you know there's a lot of chains that have zero utility. And I think that's sure. the word that I hope, I hope that's the next bull rush. 
the next bull rush is based on utility, utility of coins, utility of NFTs, and Permissionless, I think, did a fabulous job of it. You know, the, the Permies, um, did, you do, did you do the Permie? We did not do the Permie. Okay, yeah. I did not do the Permie. So, so I, I, I support every, almost every project. So um, I looked at the permies. There was 555 of them. There's 5,000 people attending the conference, so about 10% of people. I think it was like 1.1 ETH or whatever it was. And not, but the utility behind it, the artwork was pretty, but the utility behind it was number one, it was your pass. So it's, it's your conference pass now, plus for all future permissionless conferences. Now, Depending on the conference, I'd say that may or may not be good. But this is Bankless. So I, I feel like Bankless has <laughs> you know, at least got a little bit of staying power here. They've done a great job of the conference. But the utility was, it's a party pass. It's a VIP line entrance. Like I walked right right into the conference and bypassed all the lines because I was a permie holder. And so I think that that was, you know, was it the right price? Probably not. Um, although the floor on them is still three, three ETH today, even Hi. after the conference is really fully underway and the utility of it's kind of gone. So there's clearly something of people saying, I have a permanent pass for all future um, permissionless conferences. And I think that's essentially what it is. And not a, hey, here's a profile picture that you can have and it's rare because we say it's rare. And there's nothing else it does with it. And we hope a community finds value in it. Yes. And I'm going to tell just a little story <laughs> of a uh, I uh, I won't name the uh, the uh, angel um, investing group, but I joined as a lifetime member of an angel investing group that invests in cannabis. Okay. And uh, I've been a lifetime member now for a decade. And for the first few years, that that was probably a good financial decision to have paid the one-time yeah. membership fee for this lifetime membership. What happened over time is that business model didn't really work for them. Gotcha. So I think it's just really hard to evaluate these types of investments. Or, hey, did you, is it, so for instance, did you buy the permit just for this one use or did you buy it really thinking you're going to have future use? Because I can tell you what happened with that conference. Um, so it was a conference that was and that connected in a group that connected angel investors interested in investing in cannabis with entrepreneurs yep. who, were, uh, pitch, who wanted to pitch to those investors and you could be an entrepreneur member or investor member. And I was actually the first female investor member. Oh my gosh. Yes. But uh, over time, the, the, the business model of selling those lifetime memberships just wasn't successful. Yeah. And so even if you had paid for a lifetime membership, then, oh, but this, this is a new type of event we're having, and now it costs X amount of money to be involved. And they just had to keep coming up with different ways to the point where at this point in time, I don't think my lifetime membership has any value whatsoever. Yeah. Unfortunately, even though, their, and maybe because they chose to pivot their business model yeah. and not just stick with that lifetime model. You know, and, and, and that's that startup phase. You know, you, you, you got to get cash in and you got to give promises. Hey, we're early. We're going to do these things. Um, I, I think we can even go back and say this isn't a Web3 problem or even a, a, a marijuana you know industry problem. This is, you know, uh, I think it was uh, TWA and a few of these airlines, you know, said, hey, for, for and back in the, you know, it was, was it late 80s, early 90s, like for a quarter of a million dollars, which is, you know, I, I don't even know an inflation numbers what that is anymore. Um, you know, you, you can have a lifetime all the flights you want for free and and a few people that had the money and understood what they're looking at go 
Absolutely. And still today, I mean, are just flying around the world and the airlines are losing, you know, millions and millions of dollars on these things. Um, and for airlines that are already losing billions of dollars, like that's that's sure. a that's a big deal. Um, but I, 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 you know, I still look at the utility and I hope that that's the next bull rush is people saying now I can use this cryptocurrency. I can use this NFT. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I want to point out there was uh, the the technology to take your permi and turn it into a, a badge was flawless. It was absolutely, um, and and I'll we'll make sure we link it with the with the podcast. Um, but I was really impressed. I, you went under their site, you, you linked your you linked your wallet. All here's all your NFTs, and it just showed like this one and this one. I had another one I didn't realize had utility behind it, and and it said, you know, what do you want permissionless and or the other one? I said, I here's permissionless, and it goes, well, here's the one that's valid. Do you want to claim this? And once you claim this, like its utility has been used and, and it's locked and locked into this. I say, great, done. Got it. Literally got an email from the uh, from permissionless. Here's your new badge number and everything else. And I was like, that's the way it should work. Mm. That was flawless. It took five minutes. I delayed doing that for over a month because I'm like, I don't have time to log in and do whatever DeFi thing sure. they're gonna make me do. And I go, that worked. So. I'm hopeful that we can see the evolution of that technology here coming out of these conferences of going, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to involve 20 smart contracts going flying around back and forth. Mm -hmm. I would I would use that one again. I would encourage people to use that use that utility again. And and so, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Hi. We will, but I, I think you're right about the, the utility and, and in particular we're talking about in some ways like a membership and access pass type utility yeah. here for NFTs specifically. Yep. I know we, you and I have talked about NFTs being used to potentially replace insurance certificates to replace, uh, I used it in my business to yep. uh, send an exclusivity token to a partner with whom we were doing business rather than you know buying one of those hardware things and saying this is your token yeah. we sent an NFT and so there there are these utilities that I think are um, arising yeah. and it's which ones which ones are going to solve and are going to solve a pain point right because people really They'll do a lot more to avoid pain than we will to seek out pleasure. So. 100%. And, and, you know, this has really been a fun conversation to have because for the first time, number one, the, the conversation's flowing back and forth so easily. But, you know, the, the thought around, like, let's go back to some very basic things that blockchain can solve. And blockchain can do a few things very, very well, and others, it's just not there. Like, the, the computing power of which to process very, like, and like intensive things quickly is not is not there because the blockchain it stutters it has issues and so you know it's it's still kind of a web 2.5 approach for, for a lot of these things um, but you know the idea around that that you know you can take and move millions and millions of dollars within minutes um, I, I had to do a wire for for one of our properties that we were acquiring and you know, it was it was a it was a two day move oh, to yeah. go from this. Like you got to do the wire, you got to get the approval, you got to do everything else, and and it cost me it cost me on the other deal like delay fees, and and I did everything right on my end. It was the bank's issues on their end. There was nothing that you know I could do about it. But at the end of the day, you know, I can move very cleanly, very easily, money and currency anywhere on the planet without having to ask permission, without having to do anything. Now there's risks, send it to the wrong wallet, you got problems, there's no there's no one to call and say, let's reverse that. Um, so I, I really, really, really do believe we're gonna see a little bit of like, let's retreat to the basics, 
<clears throat> let's let's say what what's working, what's not, and the successful teams that are going to rise out of this. And there's going to be a lot of really successful teams that are going to rise out of this bear market, like there always are, are going to have you know actual real world use case and a little bit less of the hopes and dream, you know, backed by hopes and dreams. Agree. And if I can make one other prediction, please. Uh, I predict that the the pain point of these connections, the weak point of these APIs, these multi multiple multiple connection points. When we see a team and a project or a technology that that really works to solve that yeah. fundamental problem, I think that that will have tremendous value to Web three as a whole. Yeah. And sometimes. It's the folks that figure out how to, and I just say this because actually my uh, my, my family has uh, an underground utility business. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes it's the folks who are figuring out how to lay water and sewer line underneath the highway. Yeah. That that actually are, are solving a very real problem that maybe no one ever sees. Yeah. And I think this is a very real problem uh, that is a pain point for the entire Web three industry. And yeah. I predict that that over the the coming. Gosh, we pick a time frame. Oh, good. Uh, I predict that we're going to see some movement on this in the next 12 months. I, I completely agree. I mean, it's, it, it is, uh, again, the phoenix will rise from the ashes. The, the asset class is strong. And I will say, despite all the kind of issues it had, it's a happy conference. People are excited. Yes. They're talking. They're looking at things. They're, they're you know, engaging. And I, I want to, you know, really make sure we, we end on that is Web3 has been the most inclusive engaged and accepting community I've ever seen. I, they rare, The only politics you ever hear is what was what regulatory nonsense is going to come through. Sure. The only, you know, kind of higher like who's who quite simply has to do with what have they done in the industry or what are they hoping to do. Other than that, I, I there there's no there's no angst, there's no, you know, you're not allowed in, in here. And um, and and the and the crowd is just excited. They're excited to see the technology evolve, and I think that that's really you know for all the doom and gloom we talked about and, and really recapped on this. I really want to make sure that we end with like people are super excited to see what happens. I mean, it is re-engaged people that that have said like I made some bad bets. I you know a part my I have to reevaluate my theses, but I'm not leaving the asset class. It's nothing. Oh, not, yeah. Nothing strange. Anyone say that? No. 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 And, and, and in fact, I, the VCs, the big VCs are going like, we're, we're now looking for what's that next opportunity? What's that picks and shovels that really is gonna help this thing stabilize and grow? So, I'm excited. I am too. Good. Be greedy when others are feel, fearful, right? <laughs> Absolutely. To, to quote a great. Yeah, you, make, <laughs> make, you only make money on the red days. Whales and everyone else, thank you guys so much. This is our first in-person, live from Permissionless. Uh, we thank all of you that were here. A massive crowd, amazing, amazing, bankless, permissionless. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and again, we'll, we'll see you next time. It's going to be back on Zoom now. Peace. Whales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbach, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywales.com. 
YWales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by TruthWork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.